You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves is part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you're listening, you are having a great start to your Thursday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So the Braves went into Wednesday night with a bit more positive vibes that they've been able to experience in many of their previous games over the past several days. A come-from-behind victory on Tuesday night, the offense continuing to be at a very high level, doing a great job, especially, you know, the bottom of the order, getting the job done. Orlando Arcia, Travis Darno had big games on Tuesday. So going into Wednesday, the Braves had, you know, stopped their three-game losing streak on Tuesday night, and they had Max Reed on the mound on Wednesday. And early on in the game on Wednesday, it looked like it was, you know, the Braves that we had become accustomed to seeing so much this season. They got off to a four to nothing lead through the first four innings of the game. And the Braves were doing it this time around, not via the home run, but timely hitting. If I remember correctly, all four of their first runs came with two outs and runners in scoring positions. The Braves were not relying on the home run, but creating and converting run scoring opportunities. At times, as good as the offense has been this year, they've struggled in that department. In games where they haven't hit home runs, they've struggled at times creating and converting run scoring opportunities, but early on on Wednesday, that's exactly what they were able to do. Unfortunately, the Braves and Max Reed ran into a bit of trouble in the bottom of the fourth inning. Uh, an unfortunate double clutch by Orlando Arcia earlier in the inning prevented a needed out from occurring, and Max Reed wound up giving up three extra runs, including a two-run single to Cabrian Hayes, who has absolutely been a menace, you know, for, for the Braves, you know, to go against so far this series. But that two-run single tied the score four to four, and all of a sudden it became a ball game, despite the fact that the Braves had done very well during the early part of the game. Well, as it went back and forth, 4-4, four to four, the Braves eventually were able to get ahead again due to an Ozzie Albee single in the top of the sixth. But then in the bottom of the seventh, after McCullough McHugh had gone two-plus innings doing an outstanding job in relief of Max Reed, Cabrian Hayes, for the second straight night, connected with a solo home run to tie the score. Cabrian Hayes came into Tuesday night with five home runs on the season. Tuesday and Wednesday night, he connected for his 6th and 7th home runs, and they were definitely at the right time for the Pirates, and this time around, it tied the score at 5-5. Five to five. But then the Braves, just like they did on Tuesday night, they were able to get the clutch hit in the 8th inning. A, basically, a pot fly, sack fly, and an amazing 
just absolutely outstanding base running effort by Michael Harris II allowed for him to score on a pop-up to the second baseman into the outfield off the bat of Austin Riley. Got, that got the winning run home. And the Braves were able to win 6-5. to five. So again, the script has been very similar for much of this series. And the series has probably been much more competitive than many had anticipated because it did seem like the Braves were the significantly better team. And to be honest, they are than the Pirates. But the Pirates have made each and every one of the, these games competitive. The good thing is, is that the Braves had made timely plays at the end of the game the past two nights in order to get the win. But several things stood out. Several positives on the night. For one, Max Reed only went four innings on the night. But I don't necessarily think there's anything of concern that really stands out in terms of Max Reed's performance. He was not pulled early for, from the game for any real reason when it comes to injury or anything such as that. He had just had a tough inning. There's no need to push him with where the Braves are currently in the season. The Braves made the right decision in order to be able to take him from the game. After he had put together a pretty solid performance, he had just ran into a bit of bad luck in that fourth inning. But one of the things that definitely stands out, again, the Braves bullpen doing an outstanding job. Over five innings of relief. Colin McHugh, two and two-thirds innings. Um, Pierce Johnson, two-thirds of an innings. A.J. Minter, two-thirds of an innings. And then, Rysel Iglesias getting the, uh, getting the save. The Braves bullpen, once again, did an outstanding job. Eight strikeouts, one walk, only one earned run. The Braves bullpen is continuing to do their job when games are close, to limit the opposition and give the Braves offense the opportunity to come back. And that's exactly what has happened over the past two games. So the bullpen, once again doing its job, was outstanding. The other thing that stood out in this game, as I mentioned, was the fact that the Braves didn't have to rely on the home run. They did not hit a home run in last night's game. And fortunately, that allowed for them to be able to create, but they still were able to create run scoring opportunities. They were 6 of 13 with runners in scoring position. Naming the last time the Braves had, 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 gone, had gotten 6 hits with runners in scoring position in the same game. Typically, we're talking about them struggling in those situations. At times, the Braves have struggled this year when the home run has not been consistent for them in games. But this time around, they created and converted scoring opportunities at a frequent basis, and that was the difference in the game. But perhaps the biggest and most exciting aspect of it all was that it was the turn of the lineup that really stood out as another key factor in why the Braves were able to get this game won. Between Michael Harris II, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Ozzie Albies, those three hitters had nine hits. They had nine of the Braves' 15 hits on the night. Five of the Braves' six RBIs, three of the, excuse me, yeah, three of the Braves' five, six runs. The bottom of the, Michael Harris, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Ozzie Albies. I've talked about the fact that that may be the best turning over of the lineup that's in baseball. The best 9-1-2 combination of any lineup in baseball, and it made the difference on Wednesday night. So several key factors, though it was a close game, and again, it may seem on the surface that the starting pitching once again struggled. When you look at the details of the game, there are a lot of things to be positive about for the Braves. The offense finding a different way to win. Max Reed looking pretty good in his outing on the mound, and the Braves bullpen once again being outstanding. But as I've discussed before, 
as the Braves' bottom of the order produces well, they typically are going to win at a high rate. That continues to be the fact when it comes to the bottom of the Braves' order so far over the past few weeks and in the month of August. Orlando R.C. and Michael Harris II have been absolutely incredible, but also there's reason to have hope that some other players who hit towards the bottom of the order for the Braves can get going. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going again soon. So, so far in the second half of the season for the Braves, a lot of the second half has been the Braves playing around 500 baseball. And, and a big reason why, you know, they've had their stretches of winning five out of six games. They had, they've had their stretches of losing four out of five or losing three in a row. And a big reason why is because of the pitching. The pitching on the surface, at least in terms of actual results, has certainly struggled for much of the second half of the season. It's been a bit more consistent bullpen-wise since... Some players have come back from the injury list, but it's the starting rotation right now that's really running into some issues that hopefully they'll be able to iron out as time goes on. But the Braves' offense has continued to perform well and at a very high level. And Mike Petriello, who's one of the best baseball minds that's been out there over the past several years, always writes incredibly insightful and informative pieces on different statistical measures and different statistical perspectives around baseball. He wrote one of the best articles on the Braves that I've read in years, talking about how the Braves lineup this year truly is one of the most productive in baseball history. And the general point that he was making was a reason why this Braves lineup is so good is because it's so deep. Every part of the Braves lineup is consistently putting together productive at-bats. Their relentless approach makes it to where if you prevent them from being able to beat you in one way, they're going to find another way to beat you. For instance, this Braves offense is potentially on pace to set a new Major League record for the most home runs in a single season by a team in Major League Baseball history. But that wasn't the case on Wednesday. No home runs are hit. How did the Braves win the game? By creating and converting run-scoring opportunities. And the reason why the Braves are able to do that early, often, and late during games is because they literally are getting run-scoring opportunities created throughout every part of their lineup. If you go back a few weeks ago, I talked about how the Braves, when it comes to what factors of their team correlate the most with this team winning at a high level One of the aspects of this team that correlates very well with the Braves winning at a high level is a productive bottom 
of the Braves order. When the Braves' bottom of the order is producing at an elite level, they typically are winning at a very high rate. That was true in June through through the, the All-Star break of this year when they won 80% of their games. It was true in 2002 when from June 1st on, they won 70% of their games. During both of those time spans, the Braves' bottom of the order was either the most productive or one of the top two most productive bottom bottoms of the order in Major League Baseball. Well, while they're not winning at a high rate right now, the Braves' bottom of the order is back to consistently performing at a high rate. Consider this. In the second half of the season, when you combine the production that the Braves have gotten out of their eighth and ninth spots in the lineup, that's basically mainly been Orlando Arcia and Michael Harris II. When you consider the production that the Braves have got out of those two spots, the last two spots in the order, Those two spots in the order in the second half of the season for the Braves have created a WRC Plus of 154. That is by far the best WRC Plus measure that any final two spots of any major league team has produced so far in the second half of the season. The Braves have had the best final two spots in the order production in baseball in the second half of the season. And it's absolutely true when you look at the numbers of Orlando Arcia as well as Michael Harris II. But take that 154 WRC Plus that the Braves are getting their 8th and ninth spot of the order, and let's compare it to the top of the orders around Major League Baseball. That 154 WRC Plus would actually rank 5th if you compared it to all of the 1st and 2nd spots in the order from around baseball. In fact, Michael Harris and Orlando Arcia out of the 8th and ninth spot have been slightly more productive than Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies have been out of the first and second spot in the second half of the season. Arcia and Harris, in that mainly in that eighth and ninth spot, have produced a 154 WRC+. The first and second spots in the Braves lineup have produced a 153 WRC+. So you have elite offense coming out of the eighth, ninth, first and second spots in this Braves order. And if you're going to have consistent lead offense, it's almost as good to have it for when the lineup turns over than it is for the bottom or for the middle of the order to be productive. Because when Arcia and Harris and Acuna Jr. as well as Ozzie Albies are all performing at a high level, that means that they're consistently driving runs in for those who get on base before them or they're creating run scoring opportunities for those after them. R.C. and Harris are driving in whatever combination of Travis Darno, Marcelo Zuna, Eddie Rosario, Kevin Pillar, what have you, that are in front of them. But they're also creating run scoring opportunities for Acuna and Albies, who then are creating run scoring opportunities for Olsen and Riley. It's just a consistent, relentless, awesome circle of productivity that makes this offense so good. And that continues to be a key as to why this Braves offense is different from any other offense that we've seen in the majors. And as Mike Petriello pointed out, it's also why this Braves offense literally is becoming one of the most productive lineups in Major League history. And probably, you know, even more exciting is the fact that the Braves offense right now, it still has clear areas where it can continue to improve. We talk about the bottom of the order. We talk about the top of the order. The middle of the order has kind of slacked off a bit because Sean Murphy, for instance, coming into Wednesday night's game, thankfully he was able to get an RBI base hit, but he had a 37 
WRC Plus in the second half of the season coming into, since the start of the second half of the season, coming into Wednesday night. Now, it's a small sample size that was only over about 65 plate appearances, but he had an OPS in the second half of the season of a 474. We're talking about a player in Sean Murphy who for much of the first half of the season, he was the guy with Ronald Acuna Jr. that was considered a top five MVP candidate. But the good news is, is that uh, Sean Murphy, he, he only has a batting average of balls in play of, of 166. That is his batting average on balls in play. Excuse me, 162. So he's been quite unlucky as well. We know that he's connected on a few opportunities as of late. The home run in Chicago, the RBI single in Pittsburgh. The thing about it is, is that we know that Sean Murphy is definitely much better than he is right now. So if he can get going once again and can put a, a consistent cog in the middle of the Braves' order, you know, perhaps Marcelo Zuna as well as Eddie Rosario could get going again. The main thing that I'm getting at is, is that as good as the bottom and the top of the order for the Braves has been recently, the middle of the order still is underperforming what it normally can do. So we talk about the fact that, you know, the Braves' offense, we had talked about it for a few years. Can this Braves' offense as a whole finally get on the same page. That's what they did in June, and they made history with how productive they were. I'm not saying the Braves are always going to perform at that level, but again, with how deep this lineup is, even when a part of the order, the middle part of the order in this case, is not performing up to task, the bottom and upper top part of the order are doing better than anybody else in the majors are, right now, and that's what keeps this offense so elite. So it's awesome to see, but it's it's awesome to see so many contributors doing great and consistently doing great when their number is called, but it's also really exciting to know that at any one point in time, the Braves' offense can likely be even better once they get some of their more important bats going in Sean Murphy as well as Marcelo Zuna. And if they can get them going as the, at the same time as the bottom and top of their order, the Braves are going to continue to win at a very high clip, and that includes being able to win in the playoffs. But as awesome and, and just entertaining and, and fun to talk about as the Braves' offense is, without a doubt, the biggest focus for this Braves team right now is getting their starting rotation back to some level of consistently positive production. We've gone through a full rotation of struggling starts for the Braves, and we're back now to where hopefully this vicious circle is ended. Bryce Elder will take the mound on on Thursday as the Braves will get an early start, an 11.35 start, 11.35 Central, 12.35 Eastern start against the Pirates. It'll be Bryce Elder versus Bailey Falter. But if you go back to Saturday, if you go back to this past Saturday against the Cubs, it was that first inning that Bryce Elder ran into some home run issues that got the Cubs ahead. That's really when these starting issues started for the Braves. Elder, then Charlie Morton, then Spencer Strider, then Yanni Torinos, and Max Reed, though Max Reed was, you know, to a lesser extent, I would say. But it's been five straight starts where the Braves have gotten, le have gotten less than ideal performances from their starting pitching. The Braves really could use a positive outing from Bryce Elder. Despite the fact that he looked good in two straight starts against the Brewers and against Julio Tehran, Bryce Elder has definitely faced some regression throughout July and now into August. I don't think that the true form of Bryce Elder, I don't think that the true talent level of Bryce Elder 
is how he's performing right now when he's struggling in these starts. I also don't necessarily think that the true talent level is what he did for much of the first part of the season. He certainly earned his spot on the National League All-Star team, but regression was likely going to come at some point in time. It's just come short in short time order, and it's come swiftly in terms of his overall production. What the Braves simply need for Bryce Elder to do is put together just a few innings to start tomorrow's game without giving up a walk and also not giving up consistent hard contact. If he can make sure that he's not leaving pitches in the middle of the zone, but he's also being able to control his pitches to where he's not falling behind in counts or walking a batter in inning, Bryce Elder should be able to find some success. And I know that the Pirates' offense isn't one of the best in baseball, but they've still shown, shown to be plenty productive against the Braves' pitching so far this series. Bryce Elder's biggest goal tomorrow is to limit the walks and limit the hard contact. If he can keep the ball in the ballpark, that will do a great bit of work for the Braves to be able to get the job done. Because they're facing a left-hander in Bailey Falter, who's 0-7 this year with a 4.87 ERA. It's a prime setup for the Braves' offense to have an outstanding day at the plate. It's up to Bryce Elder to hopefully get an early lead to work with and just remain in control. Keep the ball in the zone where you want it to be. Don't just put it in the middle of the zone to where the Pirates can tee off. But limit the hard contact. Limit the walks like we've seen him do many times over. And I feel like he should be able to put together a solid start. And maybe it will be the beginning of this brave starting rotation becoming a lot more consistent this time goes on. And we'll have you covered reviewing the series against the Pirates and previewing a pretty awesome series coming up against the New York Mets in New York. Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert will be with you on the podcast to be named later Thursday night into Friday. Of course, you can continue to find all the great content from the Battery Power Podcast Network and news coverage of the Braves at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media and free on all podcast platforms. Until next time, always a pleasure to be with you. My name's Sean Coleman. Go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. <laughs>